Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary in Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Showtime. I hope everybody's ready because we have a great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is a very funny comedian whose new YouTube special is called The Twelfth Night, and his name is Chad Daniels. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join the conversation. And our super fan shout-out is for Carlos. Say hi to Carlos, everybody. Hello, Carlos. Carlos, how you doing, buddy? Carlos, what's happening? Uh, I'm glad everybody's here. Uh, we got we got some fun stuff to announce. Uh, we have T-shirts. Yes, we do. They are up on the website. Um, you can also on the Facebook page, and there's a link to get them right here in the show notes. Alex approved the the uh, the T-shirts we have. Yes, mm-hmm. honey. I love them. Yeah, and I bought two of them already. You did? Yeah. Oh, you should have bought four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are they podcast T-shirts? Yeah, it says. Uh, I'll show you a picture of them. Hold on, I got them right here. This is very exciting. Yeah. It is exciting. I didn't know we were we had merchandise. That's yeah, we have merch. We have merch. Oh, there we go. The pod is ended. Go in peace and Abbey Normal Recording Studios. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> they were fun. So yeah, you, you can get those. Uh, we're very happy uh, about that and uh, gotten great feedback already. Uh, we talked about it on Talk to Me Tuesday. We showed everybody. So that was pretty good. So yeah, it's a cool shirt. I'm wearing that on stage. Cool. Yeah, so we got that. Uh, we also have uh, my special on YouTube, which was, you know, it was really made me feel good. I was in Arizona. First of all, I love everyone at CB Live in Phoenix. I want to thank everybody for coming out. I had such a great time in Arizona. I just got back. I still got a little bit of desert throat. Man. Desert throat. Dry down there. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So I was having such a good time down there, but everything, my whole body was going. I was, it felt like I was a slug and people were pouring salt on me and I was just curling up. So I was dry, but happy. And I got a chance to go to the Radford Racing School, uh, my friend Ann Amstead's track. And guess who was there? You'll never guess, so I'll tell you. Uh, ben Collins, the original OG Stig from Top Gear UK. Oh, that's wow. pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm there. He's there. There's an open track and a 797 horsepower Dodge Hellcat. What could go wrong? Nothing. <laughs> so he had a camera crew there. He's like, you know, would you like to shoot something for my show? Said, yeah, great. So, you know, that's a couple of drones, a couple of cameras. So he taught me how to do a, a black belt donut, uh, which is where- Black you, belt donut. Yeah. Black belt donuts where you do a donut in a car, uh, but you got to keep it inside a radius. So you got to go around a cone. So you got to do three consecutive black belt donuts and then do a figure eight. So I'm doing oh. this with Ben Collins in a Hellcat and I'm going around and around and almost threw up. Got to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> almost threw up and realized how out of practice I was. Uh-huh. Yeah, when I was doing Top Gear, I was I was going to say I was pretty good, but I was never really good. I just did enough. <laughs> you just plow through it to not get killed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, we that's all a know. good bar. You know, yeah. Yeah. You, you made it. You made it look good, though, buddy. Yeah, it made it look good, but it was like you know, even, even when I was shooting stuff, uh, other stuff like AOL autos, we shot. I had mm-hmm. to do, I had to do these this stuff I wrote for the for Jaguar that, and you, Land Rover. You look good. You're in a nice suit. 
Yeah, yeah I look mm-hmm. good, but now I'm talking about the driving. And they oh, go, okay. they, they were like, you know, <laughs> I said, I'm going to come slide this corner. They said, okay, great. We'll have the camera set up. I go, you can use the interior of it. It's going to look ugly from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it, it's not going to look elegant, but I, I can do it. <laughs> so anyway, I was doing this with Ben and uh, it started coming back to me. Like I said, I was rusty. And as I'm getting it, you know, because you got to, you got to, you put throttle on the car slides around, you counter steer, and it's a communication between between you and the car. You know, there's throttle, there's steering, there's throttle, there's steering. You got to you gotta figure out how to do it, and it's a feel thing. So as I'm getting it, I'm coming around for like, you want to do three in a row, so I'm coming around for the third one, and he's getting excited. He's like, you're getting it, you're getting it. As soon as he said that, I screwed it up. <laughs> yeah, you, you took your eye off the ball. I screwed it up, <laughs> and I was like, man, why did I, you know, because... Why do I do that? And I remember I've always done that. Like I'll do things, and if it's go- if someone's watching me do something, as soon as they tell me, "Wow, you're really good," then I screw it up. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why that is. Well, well, yeah, that's like uh, like the pitcher throwing a no hitter. Nobody talks to the pitcher while that's going on. You ever seen that? Mm. The pitcher's on one side of the bench, and everybody's at the other side of the dugout, being like, <laughs> "Don't, don't say a word, don't say a word, man," because you know the second you break that spell, they're going to start thinking about what am I doing right. And then you overthink it, and then you blow the donut. Yeah. It's also like my mother at a crap table. My father would never go near my mother when she was on a roll at a crap table. <laughs> You're not supposed to. That's Isn't that like an unwritten rule? In my, I guess in my family it is, you know. Well, it's like if you're I, lucky, like let the luck, you know, do its thing. Mm, Don't mess it. Mm. But I always thought if somebody was rolling hot at a craps table, that's when you want to be around them. That's like the, mo- the most fun place in the universe at that point, right? Yeah. Not you for w- your dad, apparently. No, you you want to be there putting bets down if they're rolling. But yeah, yeah, that's what you want to do. Well, I think what Adam's saying is that your dad knows your mom. So one look, if she looks at your dad, mm, could throw her off a bit. Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. I have a question for you, though, Adam. Like what? when he said, you got it, you got it. Why would that not like fuel your confidence at that point? Why does it why do you go the other way? Do you think that's what I was thinking? And it, it lets in the inner critic. You know, it's an emotional trigger, um, an emotional trigger. I looked this up. An emotional trigger is something that causes distress. Emotional reactions to triggers can look like crying, unexplained anger, increased anxiety. I was like, oh, I'm getting praise. I don't deserve this. Let me screw it up before something happens. <laughs> I, 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 it's when you start. It's it's when you start storytelling about the input that you're doing good. That that's what happens. Your mind just keeps going. Yeah, honey. I think you have all the reactions, Adam, except maybe the crying. Well, uh, unless I cry. Yeah, if you cry, that that's an emotional trigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have unexplained anger. Well, it's not really unexplained. I'm angry. That's that's what, here's the thing. I yell. That's the thing. My emotional trigger. It always goes like this. Honey, son of a bitch. This doesn't work. Where's my wife? Well, it's unexplained anger. No, I can explain it. I hate everybody, and you have to fix it, or I'm going to break something. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, but that's right. <laughs> no, but it's like you shouldn't get angry at that. You shouldn't really get angry. There's no reason for you to get angry at that. Of course, That's there's angry. Someone hit my emotional trigger. It says it right here on the computer. <laughs> okay. <Damn it. laughs> like when Ben complimented me. It's not unexplained anger. I was angry because I I hit too much throttle and spun the damn car around. I know exactly why I did it. Right. And when and when I did it. I almost yelled out, honey! But I, I didn't want Ben to think I was talking to him. <laughs> it could have happened. But I can understand that because when I was taking my driving test, I was mm. acing. In fact, the guy complimented me. Right. Right after he complimented me, I almost flunked the test. I went around a corner mm. and I hit the tire on the curve. 
You hit the curb with the sidewall of the tire? Yeah. See? Too much throttle. Someone said something. I did the same thing. Too much throttle. All right, you got to counter steer to get out of it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. This is this is why I don't want you doing donuts. Okay, Adam. All right? Alex, I know exactly what you're saying. When I'm parallel parking with Adam in the car, mm -hmm. inevitably, I screw it up. And Adam, you're great because you'd be like, nah, you're doing fine. And I'm riding up on the curb. <laughs> like, don't say anything. Yes. <laughs> I'm screwing this up. See? So I don't know what the compliment does, but it makes, it makes me ruin it. Yeah, it triggers your, your, your inner critic. Yeah, I get it. I don't mm -hmm. understand it, but I get it. I mean, I can yeah. see because it says here, common, common situations that trigger intense emotions include rejection, betrayal, Challenging one's beliefs, helplessness, loss of control, being excluded or ignored, disapproval or criticism. These are all negative things. I'm getting positive things in and I screw myself up. <laughs> Is that not alarming to anybody else? <laughs> it's a little troubling, yeah. Well, you are unique, Adam. I I'm a mess. Hey, I, I got to ask you, man, how did you even learn how to do that? Like, I've been driving for quite some time, mm -hmm. but if you said to do a donut, I, I would have... I'd have no idea how to do that, to be honest with you. How, how did you learn that? I learned it like every other kid learned it. A rent a car in a mall parking lot on a snowy day. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you can do it. You can do that. You can also mm -hmm. learn how to do it in a courtesy car from a dealership. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay to do in a courtesy car. What Chad Daniels' father did with the courtesy car that he got, I do not recommend. But it was a great story. So you guys listen to this and we will see you on the other side. What is a trigger? A trigger is when something in our present moment elicits a very big emotional reaction. Sometimes in our own internal critical voice, we can be really mean to ourselves. Oh, I'm getting praise. I don't deserve this. Let me screw it up before something happens. <laughs> You're listening to the Adam Ferrara podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. 30 minutes, my ass. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Stand updates. Get your stand updates. One night only, February 8th, I will be in Naples, Florida at Captain Brian's Off the Hook Comedy Club. 
March 11th to 12th, I will be at Bananas Comedy Club in Rutherford, New Jersey. And April 22nd and 23rd, I will be at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. Also check out my YouTube special, It's Scary in Here, and we have t-shirts. Yes, we do. There's a link to everything in the show notes. And if you can make any of the gigs, you know I want to thank you. So please come up after the show and let me shake your hand. All right, let's listen to Chad Dan. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a very funny stand-up. His albums have reached the top ten on the Billboard comedy charts three times. You've seen him on a Tonight Show, Comedy Central, The Late Show with James Corden. His latest special is called Twelfth Night, and it's free on YouTube right now. He's from Fergus Falls, Minnesota. He is no fan of spandex, and he would not put a baby in a microwave for three seconds, even for $100,000. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, help me welcome Chad Daniels. How are you, pal? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. So yeah, Twelfth Night is uh, is your special. It's free on YouTube now, and it's yep. a great title. And I was watching the special last night, and you had the title because that's the twelfth night you've done stand-up during a pandemic. And you said, yeah, I'll record a new album. I just thought that yeah. was great. What a dipshit. But I thought, you know what? <laughs> I, I thought it would be, you know, I thought it'd be kind of fun to do. Sure. It would be fun to, to try it out and, and see how it would go. And mm-hmm. I did it at my home club, and people were nice enough to come out and give it a whirl, so... Yeah, it was yeah, fun. It was you good. did it at uh, 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 Acme in, in uh, yep. Minneapolis. Yep. Yeah, great club. Absolutely. I love yeah. that club because you come out through the wall. There's like this big stone wall and you walk out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looks like the dungeon of a castle down there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, 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 let me ask you something about not doing stand-up for a while because I know me. I get twitchy if I don't. My wife even says, go to the improv. You're killing me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I really unplugged because... My whole thing was, well, I'm not going to get to do it how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I can be a pretty big bitch. So yeah. I'm just like, if it's not my way, I don't want to do it. People were saying like, oh, we should do Zoom shows. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't stare into my computer and try to do my jokes when I'm watching someone eat cereal and they're not <laughs> muted so I can hear them chew. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it, it's, it wasn't the version that I fell in love with. It's right. the same. I have the same answer for everything, right? Like if a woman, I've, I've been asked this. Well, would you love me if, if I got in a car accident and I lost my leg? It's like, no, it's not the same version. <laughs> it's not the same version of what I fell in love with. So I don't, you know, and it's also, by the way, I, <laughs> I suppose I should tell people, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about one leg. That doesn't gross me out. It's right. the needy attitude of, hey, can we just talk about a problem that might never happen and lose <laughs> sleep over it? Okay. You know? Well, stop at stop signs, and we won't have to worry about. It. Yeah, well, that that see losing that's tough because you can't say walk it off. That's just cruel and insensitive. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different hop it off. Deal. But yeah, but we have the same. I I I, I guess it, it it's it's not outlook, but the same. I'll say fuse. I because Chad, I go from zero to homicide in three seconds. Yes. Yeah. I, I have no, and I'm working on it, but it's just like that. I got certain triggers. Yep. I pulled a joke from the special that really made me laugh that pertains to this subject. I want to play for play it for you right now. I give people two warning shots, 
and then I go off. That's just how I live my life. I was in a grocery store once, and a guy had his cart parked up against the food I needed, and so I even tried to lighten the mood. I go, hey, excuse me, you put my food in jail. Right? Kind of clever. Like, my food's in jail. He goes, yeah, just a second. And I go, oh, I don't want to ha- wait for parole. So if we could move your cart, and he goes, just a second. And I just said, fucking move it. That's two yeah, nice I, tries. I can't deal with it. And then I'm not going to sit here yeah. and beg you to move your fucking cart all day. I know. There's no way. And I'm going to tell you something. It felt great. <laughs> Pressure just... Like hot yoga for my whole body, but just took a sec. Yeah, that's great. I got... When I heard that, I went, okay, I'm not alone. Thank you, Mr. Daniels. Oh, yeah. I, I honestly... It's, it takes me... Uh, blinkers are a big one for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you have a brand new car and it didn't come with a blinker. The yeah. only way you could possibly let me know what you're going to do in your automobile. Yeah. Oh man, that happened to me today. So here, so I, I went to the gym and I'm on this new program and I'm not good at it. And my legs, I felt like a baby deer as I was walking out uh-huh. and I slipped because I live in the Northern tundra. So I slipped and I, I barely catch myself. I actually called the gym to see if I could get the outside camera footage because mm-hmm. I would love to put that online. <laughs> but uh, but I go, oh, I didn't even hurt myself. That's great. And then I, on my way home, yelled at somebody for not using a blinker, tweaked my neck. That's how old I am. <laughs> you got I the karma. My- <laughs> God, what a loser. Oh, I get the same thing. This was, uh, I actually did this. And what you said, it feels like hot yoga for your body, that line. Yeah. I'm in New York City. I got to rent a car. And I'm heading towards the Midtown Tunnel. And you know the merge, the zipper? Yep. One car in, one car. So I, I do my, my civic duty, let the car in. There's another S-Class Mercedes inching up, smoked out windows, inching up, right? And I know he sees me. I know he of sees course. me. Of the course. The sunroof is open, Chad, and I know he's in there because I see, I see the vape smoke coming up. So he's in there, yeah. and he's vaping, and he's making believe he doesn't see me. He's inching up, inching up, inching up. We get to, like, the, the critical moment, and I roll down the window, and I just yelled out, this is a rented car with full insurance, for twenty nine ninety five, I'm gonna ruin your whole day. And the vape smoke yeah. stopped, and he let me in, and I felt great. That's you. You always get insurance in a rental. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's so funny. Yeah, but I got the same thing. The, let me ask you this: Have you found? Uh, have you gained more patience or more understanding? You know. I have tried. Mm-hmm. I've gone to therapy. I've worked on my anger. Right. So my my therapist told me one time, he goes, if you're ever upset when you're driving, come up with a story that lets the people off the hook. And I was like, okay, I can try it. So I was on a highway and um, a truck pulled out in front of me and it's two women. I can see them it through the back window. And I go, they're driving so slow. They're driving 40 and a 55 and I can't get around them. And I think, well, maybe they're two sisters that came in for their dad's funeral mm-hmm. and they're just catching up. They haven't seen each other in a while. And then we drove into town and they drove past the funeral home. And I was like, you motherfuckers, <laughs> no way. As soon as I realized that my my story was debunked, I lost my mind. So I have tried. I just can't figure out a, the best way to do it. I don't know how to do it. You're not behaving the way you're supposed to in my mind. That's yeah, great. Of course. Of course. This is what I came up with. And uh, and it was funny because I came up with it in helping another comic because he read the comments. I go, are you out of your fucking mind? Don't oh, read no the comments. Way. He goes, well, how do you do? I said, well, I, well, look at it this way. Don't take life so personally. That's my problem is I take it personally. Yep. You know, it's it's that guy's an asshole. 
and you wandered into the orbit of the asshole. So you got pulled in by the asshole tractor beam into his orbit. He's not mm-hmm. doing this to you. He's just a general asshole. So yeah. you, you, you just have to detach yourself from a general asshole. So you just, he's not doing this to me. He's doing this to everybody. This was just my turn. Let me get out of this. Yep. So he liked that. And I'm thinking, well, I should do that. And I basically said, I basically came up with, I'm taking life too personally. Look, Chad, life was here before I showed up. It's going to be here after I'm gone. Obviously it's yeah. me. <laughs> so, and that's one of the things I liked about, um, your, your special again, 12th night available on YouTube and it's free and you're a really good writer. I mean, you took turns. I didn't see, I didn't see. Comments. Oh, thanks. And, uh, and you, uh, you address cause you got two kids, right? Yep. You got a son and a daughter. And yeah. you addressed um, the issues that face adult males. The daddy issue bit is specifically what I'm talking about. I want to play that one now. Sure, yeah, really yeah. Me laugh. Daddy issues destroy men. In this country, we attribute daddy issues to women all the time. We'll say things like, oh, that younger woman's dating that older man. She has daddy issues. Oh, she's working in a strip club. She clearly has daddy issues. I think, I bet some women do, but I guarantee every single man of all time has daddy issues. You might think, what about mommy issues? Mommy issues don't destroy men like daddy issues do. If a guy has mommy issues, he marries a bitch. <laughs> I'm telling you, daddy issues destroy dudes. You ever seen a grown man pounding a nail into something and he hits his own thumb and he's like, you fucking That's his dad talking to him. <laughs> right? That's not anger. That's a memory. Oh, that's great. Oh, thanks. That's great. Yeah, I got, I got him. I got, uh, uh, I got him because I, I find myself taking on the role of my dad because that, that's what I saw, Chad, growing up. I saw my father, was, my father worked like a dog. He was this big, yep. physically big man. He, he was a water heater with a head, Chad. He was just... <laughs> And I was always less than because I was never physically that big and I didn't have his mechanical ability, but he was always sure. tired. He was always aggravated. He was always worried about money. And so I have that scarcity mentality and that knee-jerk reaction based on the, the, the imprint, the non-spoken communication put into me. My question to you is this. What have you picked up from your dad that you noticed? Well, my dad split. My, okay. my, dad, my dad took off and he actually, this is a long story, but I'll, I'll cut it down. He asked me to lunch took my he knew I had a rental car because I just bought a car and there was something wrong with the engine so the company had to give me a rental car Mm -hmm. he grabbed the keys he left lunch I didn't know what he was doing he came back then two weeks later he after I had returned the rental car he called me to come get him I drove him to that place and he had made a copy of the key and he stole the car and took off to Las Vegas (laughs) so (laughs) <laughs> hold it you, you cut the story way down all right there's, there's, there's yes, more, I did. You know, there's more questions i gotta ask yep, you got the yep. rental car. you're at lunch excuse me i gotta go he grabs the keys made a copy of the rental car key yes and he stole it from the rental car thing well yeah he stole it from the car dealership because that's who had rented. oh so it was a courtesy car. car it was a courtesy yeah, car. courtesy i should say yeah courtesy yes. okay now i get it he he, he yeah. stole it from a courtesy car wow okay yeah. you know what first of all he's your father you know how you know he loves you he didn't steal your car. <laughs> he came back to lunch. Yeah, some people nice. express it differently, Daniels. Don't take it personally. <laughs> this is what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How long has it been since your father invited, like he split, but he, I, I'm yeah. guessing this, was, this isn't how he split. 
He just he split well, yeah, before that. So he split. That was when I was 21, and then I saw him again when my son was two. So that would have put me at 25. Yeah, last time I saw him was when I was 25, and I'm 46. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so yeah, it's been. I, I, we we think he's dead. My sister and I made a deal where we just go. Can we just tell everyone he's dead so we don't have to answer questions? <laughs> Because it's different if you go, I don't know, I think he's in Vegas. You're like, well, you, you haven't heard from him? And right, yeah. All those. But if you just go, oh, he's dead. And then people stop asking you questions. Yeah, yeah. Is, is he really but, dead? I don't know, but I don't need the aggravation. That's yeah, good. exactly. By yeah. the way, Chad, if you want to make sure he's dead, I got an uncle. <laughs> I, we're pretty sure he is. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. So you grew up, so basically you grew up, your mom raised you. Yeah, mom and then her parents were dynamite okay yeah happy childhood very happy childhood that's why it's weird when you go like oh my dad split and everyone's like are you how did you raise your children it's like well i had fucking a great life yeah i'm not complaining that my dad left it was actually perfect timing for me because you don't want that other authoritative figure you know standing over you it's time for you to get out and make your own decisions so that was nice yeah i got a buddy of mine who's in they're both in a marriage they don't want to be in for the kids we're doing it for the kids i go so you're putting a cloud of negative energy in the air for these children to grow up in because you love them you love them so much that you're gonna uh, you're gonna get a divorce when the last one goes to college and so they can feel like it was all their fault the whole time yeah perfect yeah it was funny uh you brought it up i had a stevie van zandt on the show and his, his parents split when he was a kid and he was raised by his, uh, his grandparents, his mom and his grandparents. And okay. he said, it was great. He goes, I was the first Italian grandchild. I was the chosen one. You yeah, know, I, nice. I walked on water and he's, he's right. I grew up in that, you know, I grew up in that environment. Your mother thinks you're Jesus because you live at home till you're 36, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had such a great life. I mean, like I said, you, you'd say like, oh, my dad split, everybody feels bad. But um, I, I think it's been great because I didn't get, you know, like you were talking about that imprint. Mm-hmm. I didn't get uploaded with all that bullshit. Right. I didn't, you know, because you are, obviously when I was little, he was around, but he, he was a good dude. So that's mm-hmm. also, I, right. again, great childhood. And then I got a divorce and my kids, I had a, you know, conversation with them every single week about how you doing, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about this? And then finally, they both go, you know, we've been waiting for this, right? This oh, they, is like, they're waiting this for the feels, divorce. Yeah, waiting for the divorce. They go, this feels so much better. Ah. You're both happy. When we go to mom's house, she's happy and smiling. When we come here, you're happy and smiling. So, you know, it just, it, we thought about waiting for the kids, and that would have been a miserable idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, have you ever talked to somebody whose parents got divorced? Right after they graduated high school, they're just like, they were waiting for me. It's like adding more stress to it. It's ridiculous. I didn't like it the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) How old are your kids now? My son's 22 and my daughter will be 18 on February 17th. Okay. So, so they're pretty well adjusted and yeah, it, it seems like it. Yeah. I mean, I still talk to him. It's I've been divorced for, Oh, we're coming up on seven years and I still talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. You know, when they come over for Christmas, just like, Hey, how are you feeling about this? Because you know, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a non-going deal. So I, I figured I'll keep talking to him. 
But your awareness is really cool. I mean, your awareness of your own childhood and what you're passing on to the kids. And part of the the other the other second part of that daddy issue bit that I love was about the, uh, your daughter. And I want to play that one, too, because that made okay. me laugh. My daughter's 17 years old, and I know I've given her daddy issues because here's the deal. I need her to listen to me, and I need her to respect me. But I also try to show her the respect that I want her to seek out in a partner. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, I know it's exciting, but it's not a good balancing act because I sound like an idiot in my own house. I'll say things like... Put your phone down, get your ass over here and pick this up. That is okay for a father to say, but not a boyfriend. (laughs) If a boyfriend uses his tone with you, you leave his ass, but by God, you're going to pick this shit up for your dad. Yeah, that's great. You're aware of your own your own crazy, and you don't want your daughter to treat like this. But pick up the phone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, it's it's uh, you you have you have to have rules. Yeah. But you also want your daughter to be able to go. Well, fuck you. You didn't open the door for me. Next. Yeah. yeah. Like, that kind of stuff. I want her to be empowered. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but you also have to have the the awareness of what you're doing. It, it's. It is, I had this with my dad, you know, because the marriage I observed was my mom and dad. And they loved yeah. each other. And I had a great upbringing. You know, I had a great childhood. But it's childhood. You've you got to right. unlearn a lot of shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure do. And, and, and it's got nothing to do with whether people love you or not. They're people. We're, we're flawed individuals. You know, we are, we are we're, we're V8 engines running on six cylinders. That's all we are. It just Everything's going to backfire. There's a bunch of loose wires, fan belts are going to break, but you strive for the best you can. So when Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, in my marriage, the message I had to get, it was like, you're not your father. My intention sure. was to be the best man I could be, and the best man of the house that was always there, could fix everything, and had all the answers was my dad. So I was playing that role until I realized he yelled a lot. <laughs> yeah, listen, I can't hang a picture up straight, right. but... Yeah. I've also, you don't flinch when I walk in the room. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. So have you seen any traits in your son that you know you've passed on that came from your dad? Are you nervous about leaving your keys around when your son's in the house? <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. He's got his head on pretty straight. Mm. And, uh, but I, I have noticed when I see something that I don't like about myself in mm. my son, that's when I get the grumpiest towards him. Ah. It's it's almost like, because I, I want to say, hey, I gave you that and it's bullshit. So get it out of there. Oh. You know? And I never communicate it correctly. I'm always like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. It's that instead. Yeah. Instead of, instead of talking to him about why I just hop on him right away. But uh, you know, he's a good kid. He's, he's hardheaded, mm-hmm. super stubborn, um, which is I think probably for me. Right. Um, but man, kid has a dry sense of humor. He is outrageously funny. Yeah. We were out. I'll tell you this. This is in my act. So I'm not trying to like pass on a bit here, but it's just too funny. So we were out on a dock fishing. We had just bought a little lake cabin mm-hmm. and this guy comes by in a boat and he goes, Hey, are you guys uh, the new owners? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, how do you like your little slice of heaven? We we're like, Oh, we love it. And then he said something that I've heard now more, but I'd never heard it before. He goes, well, I wonder what the poor people are doing tonight. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. So I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Mm-hmm. And my son just goes, we're fishing. <laughs> and I almost fell off the dock. I was laughing so hard. So, I mean, it's just like, he's very witty and very dry. I don't really have a dry sense of humor, mm-hmm. but he does. And it's fascinating. 
Yeah, you no, you're not dry. You you dark. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I can be dark sometimes. You can be dark. You know, what I like listening to you is like I it was like it was like walking down this tunnel and we're all having a good time in the tunnel and then all of a sudden you take a turn and the lights go out. You're like, "Ha!" Ah! <laughs> and then when you come back the lights are on, I'm like, oh, "Okay, we're okay." Where do you think that came from in you? Uh probably pro- my mom never talked about real life stuff. Mhm. You know, when, when there were problems, she would just, I think that was her generation. She'd glaze over it and try to make a joke or make it funny. Yeah. And so I was always trying as a kid, trying to figure out the real life part of it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's what I like doing in standup too. I like talking about, I like talking about real life. I mean, I was just in Cincinnati and I brought something up and the crowd, you could hear the, the vents running. You know, <laughs> yeah. It would just suck yeah. all the noise out of the room. And I was just like, well, I understand, but this is like the truth. We have to, we have to get, we have to talk about this to get to the truth at the end of it. Right. Um, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that process because it kind of, I don't know, it helps me figure it out in the long run. And I know that people are paying to get in and maybe they don't want to figure it out. Right. But, you know, sometimes it's, I got to do a couple for myself. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I've learned so many lessons uh, on stage through, through the art form, you know, mm-hmm. because you're, it's the, the audience to me is the mirror. It's the reflection. It's 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 the ultimate lie detector to me because they'll laugh at the truth. So I'll know that, oh, OK, there's a reason they're not laughing. And the reason is it's not true for whatever whatever that means to you. So I've learned so much about things I'm writing. Like, I don't know what I'm saying till the joke works. I can't fix my life, but I can fix a joke. Sure. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I've also said many times I've said the thing that makes me succeed on stage sometimes Mm -hmm. hurts me in my real life how so well just like the the honesty aspect yeah when you're when you're out to eat nobody wants to hear we're just here for fun yeah nobody want nobody wants me to turn the lights off in the tunnel right (laughs) so yeah i i think that's true but you you talk about um them not laughing at the truth because it's too much or whatever i've i've noticed and then being a mirror I've noticed that when I'm not connected emotionally to a bit, mm-hmm. whether it's because I don't believe in it or because I've been doing it too long. Yeah. I know that it's time to, it's time to shelf it until I do do an album or whatever, because I can't keep saying the same words. Cause I've had friends go, Hey, what were you thinking about when you were doing that bit? Right. And I go, what do you mean? And they go, well, you just glazed over and sounded like a robot. And I was like, Oh boy. Yeah, that's that's when, you know, it's time to get it out of there until you record it. Yeah, that's uh, they go away. I was reading um, whose book was I reading? Oh, I was reading Billy Joel's biography. Right. And he went to Russia and he he wasn't getting the reaction he would get from the United States because they don't have really a frame of reference because, you know, music concerts and music is you, you you're connected to a memory when you heard that. And it brings you back sure. to that space. They didn't hear it. So he said he had to reconnect to his music when he played Russia because he had to find the original idea that made him want to sing it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I suppose. Cause he's, he could mail it in, in any city in yeah. the United States, he could mail in every single song and still crush. He's got a residency in Madison square garden that's and he's awesome. selling out. <laughs> yeah. So when you rediscover, like that's when, when jokes go away, you know, it's the old story with the, with the actor. When he goes to the director, he says, this line isn't working anymore. I need a new joke. He's like, well, well, why? He goes, well, when I used to ask for the tea, I used to get a laugh, and now it doesn't work. He said, it's because you're not asking for the tea, you're asking for the laugh. Oh, boy, that's some deep shit, huh? Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, I don't do stand-up to spread joy. I do it to fill a, a void in my life, Daniels. <laughs> yeah, I think I do too, but we don't need to go there. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your son doing at uh, at school? Is he, is he going to be a comic? Is he going to be an artist? No, I don't think so. I, you know, he's right now, he's taking some business classes and he is working for his grandpa on his mom's side. Mm-hmm. Clearly not, clearly not on my side, but he is working for his grandpa at a car dealership. And every six months he changes positions because he's trying to learn as much business stuff as he can. Because I, th- I, I don't know what he wants to do with that. He just wants to know how a business operates. So when he goes out and he leaves this place, he can, he can find a job and he'll have all that, uh, all that knowledge and all that experience. I wish I had that when I was a kid. I was looking for girls and playing the guitar thinking, I'm going to be famous. I don't know how a business works. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. You ever called a plumber to have someone? Mm. A, a, they, I have a pipe that broke underneath my kitchen sink. Right. And I have watched YouTube tutorials and I have watched, I have all the tools. I sure do have all the tools. I probably have two of some of them because I forgot I bought them originally. Right. And I cannot get this thing out of there. And it goes to my spigot outside my house for my hose. And so this thing has burst. And so I don't have a hose outside anymore. Mm -hmm. And I called and they were like, no problem. We can be over in about five months. Well, that's how long summer lasts here. I mean, from the beginning to the end, right? That's you get five months to use your hose. Right. And so I couldn't use a hose for the entire summer because I don't know how to do that shit. And meanwhile, you have people... If, if kids would just understand that being an influencer and being famous and having all these followers didn't really mean shit, they learned a trade. If they learned how to cut out a one foot piece of copper pipe, I mean, I would have written them a check for three grand probably. That's crazy. <laughs> Here's my problem is I, my father was a plumber. I grew up in construction. I know just enough to get me in trouble. I know just enough. Like I, I, I can get a torch. I, I can heat up the joint. I can get the vice grips. I know the vice. I can turn it. I can crack this. I can crack the solder. I can pull it out. Then there's going to be a piece. I forget. You're going to turn on the water and I'm going to get a call. My basement's flooded. Okay. Yeah. That that's, what's going to happen to me. So I know just enough to get me screwed. I started to make a cedar chest because I had all my grandpa's old tools. And I was like, I'm going to make this by hand, like the hand drill and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this cedar chest. It's going to be great. Well, right now, that was two years ago, and right now in my garage, there is a box, a wooden box, where I keep all the athletic balls, but the baseballs keep falling out the bottom because I didn't even put the right boards on. <laughs> That's, That's what where happens. I'm at. That's what happens when I cook. I always try to make an omelet. It always ends up scrambled eggs. I can't, <laughs> can't flip it. If I do, to shit on the wall, I go, honey, how do you want your eggs? Like, Doesn't matter. They're going to be scrambled. Right. Scrambled it is. Oh, that's great. I, it's going to be great when you finally make an omelet and you find out you hate omelets. <laughs> You're like, all this work for this bullshit? This is <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing I loved in the act. You're a fan of the little, uh, the little Debbie snack cakes, aren't you? I ate so Here's the problem. I ate so many of them, and I don't think it's fair of little Debbie to know what's going on in America and still put out the greatest snack cake ever made. <laughs> It's like, we're all fat. We're all going to have diabetes soon. Right. We're in a pandemic where we have to stay home. It's locked down. And you're still sending these to stores, you bitch. <laughs> That's Please. right. It's her fault. Yeah. Hey, listen, 
I uh, have a PhD in deflection. I don't know if you know that. Ah, uh, I. You know what I did? I found. I found out I have this white cheddar popcorn Jones. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. So I eat the white cheddar popcorn standing over the sink, just staring out the window. Is it the boom boom? Yeah, the boom boom. I like uh, the other one, the smart food. And by the way, not smart. Not smart at all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. I found out during the pandemic. I found out there's a fat naked man who's sheltering in place in my mirror. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of mirrors in my house, mm-hmm. but I was running to see who was at the front door. So I had to run f- from my from my bathroom through my bedroom to a window to look down to see who is here. Right. And there is one mirror that I use when I'm all dressed because I don't ever want one in my bathroom. I don't want to see myself naked <laughs> because I'll end up I'll end up there's too many windows. I'll yeah. jump out of one of them. <laughs> If I could, if, I, if, I could, if I could wiggle my ass out of one, I would. <laughs> so I see myself and I just stopped and I look, I had that pose where they take a picture of Bigfoot all the time. Yeah. That, I was like mid stride. Yeah. yeah. Caught myself. And I was like, Jesus Lord, man. Yeah. You got to get your life together. This is not good. No, it's like, I saw a, a videotape of me, um, something I did about eight, nine months ago. And I went, wow, I looked good. And now I'm like, I didn't think I looked good then. You know, it's Isn't like, that the worst? Yes. I remember I was in Columbia, Missouri at a club called Deja Vu. And we ended up going to St. Louis to go to the, um, oh, I beg your pardon. We went to Kansas City, other way on 70. We went to Kansas City because the Kansas City Royals were playing the Minnesota Twins. And across the parking lot, the Chiefs were playing the Vikings in a preseason game. So we were like, this is great. We Boom. get to watch. We get to watch both home teams. So we go there and I'm sitting out in the outfield and I have my shirt off, but I have that little, uh, where your belly button is, it mm-hmm. creases a right. little bit. And so, and this is back when I was like really in shape, but I kept looking down and every time I'd stand up, there was, I had sunburn except for that little crease. And I called it <laughs> fat man, white stripe. <laughs> That's what I called it. And so I, then the, the next day, we drove across to St. Louis to go to a Dave Matthews band concert. And I was showing people my fat man white stripe and someone took a picture of it. And you can see my abs <laughs> and you can see that, like where your hip muscles kind of come right. into your yeah. abs. You can see all that shit. And I'm holding up my shirt and my bicep is jacked. And I remember calling myself fat over a hundred times that day. Yeah. And-, and now I would do anything. And I do mean absolutely anything. <laughs> To look like that's incredible. Yeah. I can't believe I was so hard on myself. And that's a, probably the best I've ever looked. Yeah. In fact, that's why I asked you about your patience and learning. And, 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 as, and as, we, uh, as we evolve, what changes are we making? And that's the one thing I noticed when I started the show. And I do it at the end of the show. I say, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. Because I need to hear that. Yeah. 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 And, and I like the fact that you have, your, you, you have awareness uh, of your own your own your own self-awareness and you put it into your act and it does take twists and turns it's 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 really really well done and the story uh about your son at the comedy festival is one of my favorites i want to play that one for you oh thanks i brought my son to a comedy festival in nebraska it was uh, johnny carson's hometown and i was always such a huge fan of johnny carson i wanted to show my son some history right they have a museum there and everything so we went there and we had a great time and on the, the before the first show we we're in the green room it was me a couple friends my son And then two comedians walked in that I had never met, so they didn't know me, and they certainly didn't know my son. And so they thought he was a comedian, 
And they were like, how old are you? And he goes, I'm 18. They go, oh, you think you're going to go out there and wow the adult crowd with your 18-year-old humor? Yeah, is that right? Is that what you're going to do? Sure. Uh-huh. You're going to tell them about how you live with your parents? And somebody whispered to me, they go, are you going to help your son? And I was like, nah, I sharpen this stick. I know how it pokes. <laughs> so the guy was just giving it to my son. And he's finally done. And my kid goes, yeah, thank you very much for that. I really appreciate the advice. Um, do you mind if I say something I like about your act? And the guy goes, go for it. He goes, I really like how you smile at the end of your jokes to let people know they're finished since the punchlines don't do the trick. That's great. Oh, I oh, know man. that guy. I know that guy. I, every, I started headlining when I was, I was young, right? So the worst yeah. is when you would go to a club and the middle act is older than you and feels like he should be headlining. So he goes up, he's as dirty as he can be, and he goes over his time and he wrecks the room, and then you got to go mop up. Mm -hmm. And I I always did. I went, I know what you're doing, and I know what I'm going to (laughs) do. It's a good feeling because that that would happen to some people, and they had no way out of it. Yeah. So it's nice that, you know, you're, I mean, obviously, funny enough where you go up and you're just like, oh, you you think this is going to bother me? Yeah. Well, watch this. And then you just whip them into a different frenzy with way better material. Yeah. Because they always like, rely on the local stuff. You know, like, you know, like, right. it's like the parking lot at Kroger. And they all go nuts because they've experienced it. Yeah. 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 And then you just pat that guy on the knee on the way out and go, oh, enjoy middling. <laughs> Your whole fucking life. Yeah. And there, there were times where when I, when I was emceeing, there's guys would come in and they would treat me like such dog shit. Yeah. And then I'd see them on the road. And again, kind of the, the flip. And I would just, uh, like one guy, he came and he threw a bunch of balloons, toward bags of balloons. And he was like, blow those up. And I go, what? Yeah. And he goes, blow them up. I have, a, I have a corporate gig tonight and I need the balloons blown up. And I go, oh, I'm the host. I'm not the balloon blower upper. <laughs> and uh, so then later I, he was opening for me and I just very casually set a bag of balloons in front of him. And he didn't know what it was, but I was, you know, it was me getting to release a little bit of that anger from before. And I didn't tell him about it. I just set the balloons in front of him. Wow. That's, you know, but, yeah. but you got, did, and did you get a, a, an emotional release from that going, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I did. I was just kind of like, listen, listen, it's a dickhead move what you're doing, mm. but do it. Don't comment on it. Don't tell them why you're doing it. Just do it. And now you can be at peace. See, that's good. I like, I'll do that. Like with a heckler, you know, we, we, we put hecklers down, but then some of them are just mean. And I'm like, yeah. mm, I feel bad. You're with your wife, but it's going to be a long ride home for you. Cause you've just pissed me off. <laughs> and when that switch goes off in my head, now you're yeah. going to, you're going to be thinking about this for months. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I don't like it about myself, but I'll be honest with you. I'm glad I can do it. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes it, it takes a lot of balls to go there and not lose the entire crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a special skill set. I used to go into the crowd like a psychopath, mm-hmm. and then I'd lose the whole crowd for the rest of the show. Yeah, I, it, it's not an attack. It's more it's it's a retaliation, and it's just like ah, I feel bad. You you know not what you do. <laughs> yeah, it's like. It's like walking up to somebody and you think they're the same height as you. So you flick them in the back of the ear uh-huh. and then you realize they were sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, you're a very, very funny man, and I cannot thank you enough for doing this. Uh, the special well, thanks is, for having me on. Yeah, the special is called The Twelfth Night. It is free on YouTube. I highly recommend it. Uh, they can go to get your tour dates at your website. Yep, chaddaniels.com. Just click on tour, and then there they are. All right, my friend. Best to you and the family, and stay safe, okay? Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Good to see you. You too. The ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you take a courtesy car to have lunch with your dad. You return the car, and later you find out... Stole the car and took off to Las Vegas. This could cause you a little anxiety. So, do what I do. Take one of the gummies they have at CruiseIntoWellness.com. You can also get edibles. You can get tinctures. You can get pain creams. You got a pet? You can get stuff for your pet there, too. And you get 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. 20% off anything they have at CruiseIntoWellness.com. Go! Feel better. Hey, this is Chad Daniels, and that is 30 Minutes I Will Never Get Back. I enjoyed talking to that guy. I thought, uh, and and I enjoyed um, uh, watching his special. He's a he's a really really good writer and comic. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not in the habit of uh, listening or watching stand ups because I'm so jaded after all these years. But I'm definitely going to listen to more of him because I just based on those few clips that you played, I want to hear more of him. Really funny guy. I mean, <laughs> and I think the thing I, I love most about him was his anger. That that really spoke to me. <laughs> I just really really I uh, love that. <laughs> and Adam, you and he seem to have a kumbaya moment. You both have no patience. Yeah, none. 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 Yeah. None. But but we're both aware of it. And we both know that the world is, is acting against us. I can see it. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. You need a fast pass of life. That's know? good. Yeah. That's good. I need my own lane. Get the hell out of my That's way. That's right. When he was <laughs> even and so does Stern, because Stern Stern's gonna oh, kill for somebody. Sure. For sure. Yeah. But that's what, like, when he was talking about making up the story mm-hmm. about, you know, when people, well, maybe they're oh, going yeah. to the funeral and everything. And uh, I thought, you know, that, that's a good tool until they go past the funeral parlor. I'm like, you son of a bitch, he's not dead. <laughs> that made me howl. Well, I was listening to that and mm-hmm. I'm like, Adam does the opposite. He goes for, <laughs> no, that guy, he looks shady. No, he's, you know, he's doing no good. And yeah. then it, he turns out good. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> she's not wrong. Here's the thing. It's like I'll tell stories about the people that are in the other cars, but I'm judging the hell out of them and going, look at this. Where are you going? Yeah. Where could you yeah. What is more important in your life than me getting to where I have to be? <laughs> and then that person will turn into a hospital and you go, oh, OK. Yeah. I was like, you know, drive the friggin' ambulance in the other lane. Can you do that? <laughs> I am the same exact way as you. I do. I go from zero to homicide and whatever you said, five seconds, whatever Mm -hmm. that is, I'm the same way. When I was in rehab, I saw a behavioral therapist and he had me picture a bomb. Right. And he said, and the bomb can represent anything. It can be traffic, can be whatever. Right. And so he goes, you have two people that can defuse that bomb. You can have an angry, irrational person who's yelling and screaming, or you can have a calm, rational person. Which one do you want? Which one would you choose to defuse the bomb? Well, who's the calm, rational person? I am. You can't defuse a bomb. We're all dead. <laughs> First of all, Adam's running away from the bomb. Yeah. Okay? I'm not sitting having That's a conversation. Exactly. I'm grabbing my wife and my dog. There's a friggin' bomb there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell a story about the bomb. It's a bomb. Let's get the hell out of here. You have to defuse it, man. The bomb can represent anything in your life. You want to be irrational and yelling, or do you want to be rational and calm? That's I want to be far away to. from a bomb. That's where I want to be. <laughs> Thank you. Adam, I've been thinking about this. I mm. think it's because maybe you take things too personally. 
the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I think like you think that that person did something on purpose Mm -hmm. or they, you know what I mean? You know what I have to do? I have to not take the bomb personally. (laughs) The bomb is just here. It's not an attack against me. Oh, I'll be dead, but I won't take it personally. (laughs) Well, I think what Phil was saying was critical thinking. Push your emotions back Mm. and think of it logically. Yeah, you're saying you want somebody to defuse the bomb who's like, you you either want them to say, cut the red wire, Mm. you idiot, cut the red, or do you want somebody to be like, okay, now very gently take the red wire and just... Cut it there and you'll be fine. You want that voice. Is that what you're talking Mark about? That's a perfect exactly, voice for that. You're the one diffusing whatever the bomb is in your life. And if you do it calmly and rationally and think before you act, you will be, you know, sane. You'll be a lot, you'll look a lot calmer and you won't blow up. I just have the voice of Sam Kennison in my head mm. to defuse the bomb. <laughs> that's that's my bomb detonator guy. That's the guy. <laughs> do it! Do it! <laughs> You need Christopher Walken defusing that bomb, buddy. Not, 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 not Kennison. True. <clears throat> well, right. The- you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? I blow up. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've used the bomb analogy in so many situations. I can't even tell you. It's, uh, it, it works. It does work if you use it. Yeah. What I did like, you're not wrong about the anger. What I did like about Chad uh, is, is the awareness. Like, we, we both acknowledge that we both have it. Mm-hmm. And if you friggin' people will behave yourself, it won't it won't erupt. All right, this is all your <laughs> oh, fault. Yeah, it's our fault. It's yeah, our it's fault. Like, well said. <laughs> and you were right about the father in the courtesy car. That's mm. such a crazy yeah. story. Be like, I'll be right back. He leaves his keys. He goes to the bathroom. The father's like, I got an idea. <laughs> yeah. I, do you think he thought about that? I thought about. It. He planned it out. Are you kidding yeah. me? It's That's called genius. a scheme. It's called yep. a scheme, Alex. That's crazy. Yep. Genius. But I will say this. You guys were dead wrong about the divorce timing. Like you, you're like, oh, those poor SOBs whose parents split up right after they left for college or left the house, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're going to look, oh, it's, it's, all, it's all me. Like you guys only stay together for me. That's exactly what happened with my parents. I left for college. Two weeks later, my dad came out to, to, to Ohio to pick up the car. And we're having lunch. And he goes, yeah, I got to tell you uh, some bad news. Your mom left and we're getting a divorce. And, and, and for me, it actually was the best thing because I wasn't at home having to deal with all this bullshit. Mm. I was already on my own. And so at that point, I really treated it like they weren't my mother and father. It was like two of my friends who were breaking up that I was just, you know, intimately involved with them. But it, it, I was sort of separated at that point. So I really appreciated my mom waiting those extra few months or years or whatever it was so that I could just sort of like be free of it. And so for me, it was great. Okay, but you, you didn't see them as your mother and father, which explains why you have so many freaking problems today. What's the matter with you? It's your mother and father, for God's sake. <laughs> but I, I, I get what you're thought. saying, Mark. No, wait a minute. But you were at boarding school. You were already out of the house. I'd been out of the house, but then I'd been home because... Some of us got kicked out of boarding school. So it was, but it was really, <laughs> so it was that, that year. And then that summer, and then I was gone that following year uh, or that fall. And um, yeah, I, I did not. And by the way, didn't see it coming. Like I did not know that they were having trouble, mm-hmm. but it was like, we're one happy family. And so it, it surprised me, but maybe that's just the way I rationalized. It was like, I'm going to process this, not as my mother and father, I'm going to do this on a level that will make it seem less severe to me. So maybe that's, my trick of so how, I, I'm, just, I'm just curious. How did you process it to your friends? Like, did you hear about the Stearns? 
Yeah, I heard they broke up, man. What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Are yeah, they your parents? No, not really. I don't see them as that at all. I don't get you know. <laughs> It's just these are the stories we tell ourselves to get through difficult times, right? Yeah. You know, I, you know what I think what happened was your, your parents' marriage were going good. And then you just said, wow, you guys are really getting along. And then it triggered an emotional reaction. <laughs> it's and, your they, fault, Mark. and they got a divorce. There you go. Well, I think you had the separation, the time to work it out. Because he wasn't home, I think. Yeah. I think that was good. But it was funny, Mark, You, because you were, I think because you were out of the house, because when it happened with there, the, with Chad's kids, they were like, we were waiting for this. Oh, my right. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the best thing for them, it seemed like. You yeah. know? What took you so long? Well, yeah, when you're <laughs> living yep. in that house and you have to deal with, you know, certain emotions, you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's I uncomfortable. A, it is. Cause I had a friend of mine. I go, what do you think? The kids don't know? Yeah. You know, the kids, mm-hmm. even even if they don't say anything or, or aren't consciously aware of it, you feel it. You feel that, that tension. Well, Mark didn't mm-hmm. know. Mark got kicked out of boarding school. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> what does he know? I do remember the first thing I said when my dad told me. We're, we're, we're having lunch and he breaks the news to me and I just started yelling. Two Christmases, two Christmases, two Christmases. <laughs> Great day. I thought you were going to say, damn it, I took the over. <laughs> you couldn't make it till June? Damn it, Pop. <laughs> Get back in See, there. That's a un- <laughs> I had a parlay with you and Aunt Sheila and Uncle Doug. <laughs> yeah. You're going to go and you're going to make up with Ma and you're going to last at least until 2001, okay? Got big money on this, pal. One day you'll get a call, then I'll be over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Now you can leave. <laughs> I think that's amazing, though, that your parents, like, disguise that they were even having problems and you weren't even perceptive to any of that because uh, so much of what Chad was talking about resonated with me because I know in my marriage, like, we wouldn't fight in front of Michael. We were conscious of that. But, you know, he'd hear us. You know, mm-hmm. we'd be in the bedroom. He was in the next room. And, you know, he, he was definitely hip to the fact that we were having problems. So, I mean, we did the healthy thing like Chad's parents. We got divorced, you know. Yeah. And uh, now he's 26. He's healthy. We, we can talk about it openly. And he's, you know, it's just a good thing. So you, you think Michael knew? No doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that he knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we were so healthy with the divorce after, you know, after all the, you know, I don't want to go into everything we went through, but. Uh, no, because really I feel friends. I'm not reliving it. I'm not reliving <laughs> any yeah, one of either, them. Buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you there, man. Yeah. You want to talk about anger and identifying what it is? Yeah. That would happen right here and now. Yeah. I even told, I said, you know, he, Phil, when Phil said he was getting married for the second time, I go, think of me. I can't go through this again. Think of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's a good kid, though. Mike's a great kid, and he's really well adjusted. Yeah. He, he really, he is. really, really is. And and you know what, too? He he's funny too. And when Chad was talking about his kid, I love that moment. You know, what are the poor people doing? We're fishing. Yeah, <laughs> that was oh, a great that line. Kid, yeah, that kid. It was is great. Sharp. Oh, yeah, his, his kid. That 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 story was great about the kid and the kid and the the comic in the green room. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh my, God. I know that guy. That. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Blow up these balloons. Yeah. And the best thing about that, about the balloon story, was he he said, don't say anything. Just put it in front of him. And that's how you'll be able to, to let the moment go. Wasn't that great? Yeah. It's like, he's like, I know I'm being a dick. I know this is the wrong move, but I'm not going to advertise it. I'm just going to put it there. And I know what I'm doing. And I'm leaving it and moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, I don't think you'd be able to put those balloons down and not say anything. Well, you shouldn't think. There's no way I wouldn't say anything. No. I would go, no. remember these? I get the same damn balloons. Remember these, you son of a bitch? I've been saving these for years for this moment. You, 
You'd maybe blow up one of those balloons and make it in the shape of the finger. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) That's I wish you were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if the guy knew. Do you think the guy knew? Didn't matter. I'm I'm sure he's wondering, why is he putting balloons down in front of me? Maybe like one, he's in the shower and like, oh. Nah, he probably probably had none of The guy probably had no recollection of it because people, you know, they. Self centered. You know what I hate about some people? They take life so personally. It just, it bothers (laughs) me. Sometimes the world revolves around them, Adam. You're damn right. I'm going to go back to what you said that an asshole is always an asshole. You're you're just next, right? So he probably did that to every MC he worked with. So Uh maybe he didn't know until he was in the shower like days later. Yeah. Uh, That was something good you said. I liked that. It it was. Yeah, I liked that too. Yeah. You're like, don't take it personally. You're basically, it's just you got into his orbit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I have to remember that because, you know, everyone's against me. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, we feel real bad for you, Adam. Well, you should. <laughs> no, there was some great stuff. Uh, not asking for the tea, asking for the laugh. That was amazing. Yeah. That Where was did you great. Yeah, that? that was good. Now, my acting coach told me that. Uh, Stephen Book. It's uh, when, when you're, you're playing for, you're, you're playing for outcome. You know, you're <laughs> not in the moment. You're playing for the outcome. That can apply to acting or stand-up either way. Like you're always going for the laugh rather than being in the moment. I love that. It was, I'm going to, I wrote that down. I wrote it down. Good for you. I'm going to save it. I'm going to keep looking at it. Yeah. I I remind myself of it uh, when I, when I feel like, uh, why am I so anxious about it? Because I'm not in present moment and future causes anxiety and past causes regret. So I, I I wrote it down too. It it doesn't help, but I, but I got it. (laughs) Yeah, I have a question too, Adam. Was the comment about um, you have a comic friend who pays too much attention to the to the negative comments? Was that me? No, no, that wasn't you. By the way, could be. Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt, dude. Yeah. Could be, but if that's not what I told. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was a. Uh, it was another friend. Yeah, honey. I think that's symbolism for all of us. Yeah. You know, all of us who listen or have a negative something negatively said to us, mm. and yeah. we just spin. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's more intensified for comics, though, I think. I don't know. I, I just did a show here in the resort the other night, and it was a pretty good show. I was happy about it when I left. I'm in the elevator here in the resort, and I told Adam about it. There's a woman in there, and she goes, oh, I saw your show. And then I'm waiting. <laughs> like, right. okay, and? And she goes, yeah, we had a couple of laughs. And I'm like, in my head, oh, my God. Now I'm already spinning. A couple of laughs? Yeah, yeah. I did 40 minutes. A couple of laughs? So I don't let it go. I said, just a couple? I did 40 minutes. And I spun all night till I talked to Adam. Yeah. And you helped me out. You remember what you said? No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for seeming so interested, by the way, pal. I appreciate that. Did I help you? Yes, you did. Well, I was interested then. I I didn't log it. Yeah. Well, you put yourself yourself in the role of me and what you would have said to the lady. Mm Mm-hmm. Did it yeah, make you, you laugh? Just charming, and yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, good. All right, good. Yeah. Oh. I would have taken her out at the knee. Just <laughs> <laughs> say, oh, you got I, a name yeah. and a room number, Phil. Yeah, let me take care. Of I, I hear that. Repeat after me: MCL strain. How's that, <laughs> Grandma? <laughs> I want to thank Chad Daniels uh, for being my guest. Uh, we have T-shirts. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. There's a link to the T-shirts in the show notes on my YouTube special. It's scary in here. We'll put a link into that too. It's free. Um, and if they want to get a hold of us, honey, what do they get? The Adam Ferrar at Gmail. And if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And always remember that life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. The pot has ended. Go in peace. 
because, you know, the second you break that spell, they're going to start thinking about what am I doing right? And then you're overthinking and then you blow the donut. Yeah. It's also like my mother at a crap table. My father would never go near my mother when she was on a roll at a crap table. <laughs> Smart man. Let the lady roll.